This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in to BetQLU, getting ready for the college basketball weekend ahead. We are now officially uh, what mid-February, so we are uh, basically a month away from the NCAA tournament. Uh, things are getting real in college basketball. Uh, we have our first high major firing, so the carousel has already gotten started, did not even wait until after the NCAA tournament. Uh, and, and as always, <clears throat> going to preview a big weekend slate. I'm John Martin here today, as always, joined by my man R.J. Choppy. Producer Zach Crow going to join us a little bit later. RJ, what's happening, brother? Yo, man, back from Vegas. Still, uh, still trying to catch up on sleep. I know there's no such thing, but uh, yeah, we're back. We're ready to go. Yeah, I feel like uh, I, I too feel like I've been in Vegas. Uh, I have not been in Vegas. I've been at home, but I uh, just welcomed. <laughs> Uh, my newborn son on Tuesday morning, and Ooh. I have not had any sleep since Monday night. So, uh, yeah, this has been, and that's part of it, right? It's what you sign up for, but it's definitely, uh, <laughs> you feel it. But I do feel like, you know, I've been in Vegas a few times, RJ, and I feel like uh, it builds you, prepares you for this moment, you know, because you don't sleep when you're out there either. No, I you don't you don't sleep at all. Uh, the guys I do a show with, I do a morning show here in Dallas Fort Worth. They always ask like, "How do you not take a nap during the day?" And it's like I've I've been to Vegas like forty times, man. Like it just it just doesn't doesn't affect me. I tiger blood, you know, just roll with it. The same thing with the kids, right? You got kids, you got kids. If you if you've had kids, you know you don't sleep. There's no such thing as catching up on sleep on the weekends. No, man, they got. No. They got to no. wake up at five thirty because they got a flag football game at seven fifteen. No, it's it's just kind of funny. Like before I had kids, like I was like I, I like prided myself on how young I looked, and and ever since I had kids, like I, I've aged mm-hmm. like a banana. I've aged like a like an expired banana, um, and so that's the trade off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Better than that's, an avocado. I, 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 Nobody, you don't want to age like an avocado. I used to be vivacious. I used to have no bags under my eyes. I used to be fresh faced, and now I'm just—I just—I look like what I am, which is a uh, tired father of two. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We got a lot to get to on the show today. RJ uh, is obviously a college basketball show. Now we have pivoted fully to college basketball, and earlier in the week, uh, a couple of, of things to touch on in terms of the games themselves. Um, Number twenty ranked number twenty one ranked Virginia, just as sort of they started to uh, pick up a lot of steam as one of those teams. That, hey, we need to watch out for this Virginia team. Is this going to be a Tony Bennett special here? Uh, they had won eight in a row. They lose to Pitt, Pitt at home as a seven and a half point favorite. Um, is that just is that reality catching up to Virginia? Or is it just one of those things where in conference play you're going to drop some? Like, where do you sort of 
come down on that result with Virginia RJ? You know, I don't I don't know that it's reality for them. You're, you're going to drop games to teams that you probably shouldn't. Again, these are these are kids. Now, now the problem with this that was it was a home game, right? Uh, that that that's a problem with this, and and they had gone on a really really nice stretch, you know, winning games on the road, winning games at home. Sometimes this is one of those things. It's a coach's dream, where you lose to a team you shouldn't lose to, and they get to really go to work on you over the next couple of days, and that I think is what happened here. You know, they, maybe they read their press clippings. They're like, okay, we're out of the woods here. We're going to be a tournament team. We're you know we're we're kind of settling in. And then, bam! You know, you 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 look up at the scoreboard, and you're down 11 with four right. minutes to go in the first half. Right? It's like, okay, how'd this happen? Now you're playing catch with the rest of the game, and you can just never catch up. So, I, I think yep. this is more of just a slip up, really. Yeah, I uh, I I don't think this Virginia team is singularly talented. Most years they're not. Right? Most years it's never about any one individual, um, you know, they did have, uh, you know, some NBA players. I think DeAndre Hunter was on that team that uh, that won the championship. But it's never really been about that. It's just been about they are going to play you in a way that nobody else is, is willing to do, which is keep these games in the 50s and low 60s. Um, yeah. and, and when they can do that, you know, I would I would definitely take them over most of the field just because nobody else plays that way. Nobody because nobody here's the rub with that. If that's the way that you play, you don't get NBA types. You just don't because no. who wants to sign up to play? You know that style. The other side of that though is if you can keep players in your program that learn how to win that way, you are deadly. You're a deadly team, and I know they're on the younger side, so. That's not necessarily what we're talking about for today, but if I was a, if I was a, you know, I don't know where Virginia's going to wind up, <clears throat> you know, on the seed line, but I would not want to see them if I'm a top three seed, because if I have a bad day, RJ, Virginia is exactly the kind of team that will capitalize. They will actually make me have a bad day, and that's kind of the team I just do not ever want to see in the tournament. Yeah. So look at look take it take right now for example, right. Lenardi has them as the eighth seed, all right, with UConn. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, if you're UConn, do you want to run into them in the next round? Like, I, no. Like, there's, there's a lot not. of eight seeds that I would much yeah. rather see. I would much yeah. rather see Michigan State. I'd much rather see Florida. I'd much rather see, like, uh, a Texas who's got athletes, good players. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather see St. Yep. Mary's. Uh, Virginia? Yep. No, man. They play a dirty. I don't say dirty. They play it. It's a, it's a, it, they want you to. They want to draw you into the mud. They want to draw no, you into wanna, the mud. Yeah, it. I mean, they want to make it a a, a muck a mucked yeah. up game. Yeah, I mean, that's where they operate. That's where they're comfortable. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the nineties. Absolutely. Now, look, the best teams can win in both both ways, right? The best ones, but that doesn't mean that every high seed is capable of doing that like a North Carolina type of team. Um, you know, I think that's a team that you could pick off there. Obviously, they're in the same league, but that's kind of where I'm at. It reminds me a little bit, 12 years ago when I was covering Memphis full-time every single day, they had a team that had Will Barton on it, you know, all-conference type teams and uh, players, I should say, and they ran into, uh, God rest his soul, 
Rick Majerus and the St. Louis Billikens in the first round in the 8-9 game. And Memphis yep. was like, not even, it wasn't even close to talent. Supremely more talented, supremely more athletic. But St. Louis and Rick Majerus, they just beat you into submission, man. And I don't remember what the final score was. But by the end of it, Memphis hated each other. The players were arguing with each other coming out of the timeout. They didn't know what to do. You know, that's what playing Virginia can be like. You know, yeah. that's kind of – that's what you don't want to have. Remember the uh, Utah Final Four run, like when they had Andre Miller running the point, right? That was, what, 97 or whatever? I mean, they ran into a Carolina team that had Vince Carter and Antoine Jameson on it. I mean, there was no way that Utah should have won that game. But, you know, Andre Miller turned out to be a 15-year pro, a good one at that, and they got got dirty. They pushed the ball when they had to. They slowed it up when they wanted to, and Carolina never got going. They just never got going in that game. You can have those games. Virginia can do that to teams, especially if they get good guard play. Um, you know, this tournament's been around. It's been about good guard play uh, for as long as I can remember. Basically, since the three-point line came in, this has been about guards. Yeah, and while we're uh, on the topic of the ACC, RJ, North Carolina, seventh-ranked team in America, goes down earlier this week. Uh, on Tuesday night to Syracuse as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. We talked a little bit about Virginia and sort of the the grind of the season. Um, is that something that you feel like is, is hitting Carolina, just that wall, like, hey, we know we've beaten some really good teams and they're just kind of bored with the season, or, or, or is there something maybe uh, that, that is getting exposed in this stretch? Like where do you sort of come down on what you're seeing from the heels here lately, RJ? Yeah, because it's like they've they've lost the teams that, you know, they really shouldn't have. Like, they shouldn't have lost to Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech followed that up with an absolute stinker against Wake Forest. Yeah. One that I bet on. <laughs> that I bet on in Vegas. Thank you for that great tip. Bet. Legendary yeah, bet. Fantastic bet. But, um, yeah, you know, they, they haven't played great. You know, Miami's not a great team. They barely beat them. They lose to Clemson. Um, they had a good win against Duke. You know, maybe that Georgia Tech game was a, was a, was a look ahead. Um, because their very next game was against Duke, but that that Syracuse law, I mean, that is Syracuse is not a good team. And, and I know Jim Beheim could come on and, and he could say how the ACC has like eight conference uh, uh, NCAA tournament teams. Uh, like they're just not very good, and and there's not really a reason why you should be losing to them. You should not if, not if you're a Final Four team. Now every team's going to have their their hiccups, right? But to have two hiccups in a week and a half, two weeks, uh, yes. it's not good. Not good this time of year. Yeah, I uh, I struggle with them. Uh, I, I feel like you should think that they're a Final Four outfit, um, given some of the things that they've done. But I don't necessarily think that uh, because they're just they're they're so top heavy dependent. And I you know not I don't even think that extends to three players really two, RJ and Armando and. Can they defend at the level that you have to defend at, you know, to win, to win, to win it all? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't, I'm not going to panic, but at the same time, I'm starting to sort of feel like this this group does have a ceiling, and that's why, like, even if you know, at BetMGM, like they never, you know, they never really got major love in the national championship market, and I think that is probably why. Uh, okay. Uh, 
other news before we get out of here for this first segment. Uh, we do have our first high major firing, and that is Ohio State's Chris Holtman. He was 137-85 and 85, uh, in six-plus years there at Ohio State. Did make the tournament four times, but he never made a Sweet 16. You know, uh, who knows what would have happened during COVID, but their best team, it felt like, as the two seed, uh, they went down to, to Oral Roberts. So, um, in your mind, RJ, is this a great job uh, at Ohio State? Um, what do you just make of the decision and, and, and what happens from here? Well, it tells you that they're serious about winning. Uh, if they're willing to pay out, you know, 12, 13, 14 million dollars on a coach on a buyout for college basketball. Uh, they're serious about winning. You know that. I think it's a pretty good job. It's, um, you know, it, it's like a, a, it's a, it's your standard upper echelon, not elite, but upper echelon Big Ten SEC job. You know, it's not Kentucky. It's, uh, it's, it's not, say, uh, you know, Carolina, Duke, Kansas, not your blue blood. But it's in your next tier, right? It's 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 a it's Michigan. It's um it's a good job. It's a solid yeah. college basketball job. You have that job, you can retire there, right? You win, you're good. I think it's I think it's a job that uh, will have a lot of takers. It would not surprise. I, I think the most obvious choice for me, I'm just going down to Cincinnati and, and going to Xavier. I'm getting Sean Miller. That that's who I would go get. Uh, yeah, he, he knows the state. Uh, he has succeeded at the Power Five level. And, you know, he had some issues there at Arizona. But, I mean, let's be fair, those issues are gone away the way the new NCAA is. That's kind of where I would lean. I think it's a great job. I think I think Dusty May would be great for it. I think Nate Oates, if he wanted to leave Alabama, would be good for it. There's, there's a lot of options they've got there at Ohio State. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously he'd be probably my first call. Also, Dusty May at FAU. Dusty May is going to have his pick you know, of, of Ohio State or India. I think, I think Dusty May is amazing. I think if you can assemble that team at a place like FAU, which has legitimately no history, no tradition at all, I know that FAU has not had the back-to-back season that people hoped or expected, uh, but I would also caution you that it's February 15th, and uh, that's a team that could very well be there at the end of it all, just like they were a year ago, so... Uh, I think those are the two, though. Um, and I agree with you. I think it's a, you know, the way it goes now is just like, you know, what's your NIL? And I'll tell you how good your job is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's pretty much yeah. that simple in 2024. And I think the NIL is good at Ohio State. And if they're willing to fire a coach in the middle of the year, I think that sort of, as you said, speaks to the urgency. So they can get who they want. It's that it's that type of job, and that makes it a good job. All right, we'll come back. We're going to go over uh, the trust tree. There's some criteria we know that uh, pretty much always determines the national champion in college basketball. And we'll see of the teams that meet it, which we trust. We'll do that and more. You're watching BetQLU on the BetQL Network.